Hello, welcome to my Two Cents Podcast Halloween Havoc review. I am here to review WWE's NXT Halloween Havoc that happened last night. And to be honest with you, um, it was a solid pay-per-view. It was a solid pay-per-view from start to finish. To my personal belief, I think, again, WWE started strong and ended strong. And the first match that they started with was the ladder match for the North American Championship, the five-way. You had Von Wagner, you had Nathan Frazier, you had... Oro Mensa, Wesley, and Carmelo Hayes out here. Um, Carmelo Hayes, again, got a special entrance. You had Trick Williams on the NXT uh, perch over there introducing Carmelo, and they showed a flashback to whenever he poured out a drink for all his ops, and he said, rest in piss to all his ops. So they will flash to uh, Carmelo standing at the entrance, literally pouring a drink down for all his ops for the members that he's about to be wasting in this ladder match. And everybody in this ladder match understood exactly what they were supposed to do. You had Von Wagner playing the power man in this match, literally just beating up all the smaller guys and tossing, and I mean literally tossing members of this match just against one another. You had Nathan Frazier, you had Wesley, and you had Carmelo Hayes being like the high flyers of this match. Oro Mensa, he just did what he could do in this match, personally. Again, Oro is still like the newer face in this NXT matchup right here. He's still like the new guy. So we still got to get used to how Oro moves around in this, well, NXT environment. So Oro was in the match. I will say he was probably like the side guy. He was the guy that got like put in from time to time, but literally the focus of this match was put on Nathan Frazier, Carmelo Hayes, and Wesley. Von Wagner played like the big man for whenever he had to do his power stuff, but the real big spot of this match for Von Wagner is whenever he literally gorilla press like through Wesley out of the ring through the commentary table, and you saw Nathan Frazier and Carmelo Hayes do a springboard Russian leg sweep off the middle rope onto a ladder and that completely just wrecked Carmelo Hayes for a minute you had both uh Robert Stone and Trick Williams climbing up the ladder at one point trying to grab the North American Championship for their respective clients Robert Stone for Von Wagner Trick Williams for Carmelo Hayes I mean this was nothing but a big car crash style of matchup and i mean everybody knows whenever you have a ladder match especially for nxt is going to be a car wreck wwe on the main roster i mean it's a car wreck but not to the degree that the nxt guys have it nxt guys are trying to prove their worth to the executives at the main roster to get called up so i see them really doing a lot more damning thing to their bodies so this was no exception to this. Um, the winner of this match would be Wesley. When it came down to Melo and Wes battling on a ladder that was perched onto another ladder. Meaning, a ladder was already set up. You had a ladder like in the middle of that said ladder hanging onto one of the steps and the middle rope. So, Melo and Wes would do battle on that ladder, hitting each other. And it would come to the point that Wes would got Melo to his knees. And you see Wes start climbing up the ladder. He looks at Melo and he jumps off and hit him with a Meteora. Now that Melo is taken out and everybody else is also in the match has been taken out, Wes will climb up the ladder, unclip the North American Championship from the uh, hinge, and now he is your new North American Champion. I am glad for Wes that he is now the new North American Champion because 
West has gone through a real uh, bad 2022, to be honest with you. At least in career-wise, to what I'll say like this. Beginning of 2022, the fans were cool with him, and he would get some booze here and there. But then when he was still in the tag team of MSK, him and Nash Carter, they go to WrestleMania NXT TakeOver weekend. They win the NXT tag team titles, which I still say that they shouldn't have, that the Diamond Mine Creed Brothers should have did because it was their time. But I digress. They win the tag team titles, and the fans are cool with them, but you're starting to hear more boos and boos coming towards their way. And they didn't do nothing wrong as they were champions. They didn't do nothing. Even before they were champions, they didn't do nothing. It's just that the fans just weren't feeling them, or at least a certain section of the fans weren't feeling them. Then when Nash Carter got released as they were the NXT Tag Team Champions, you saw the tag team titles get relinquished from MSK, and now you saw Wes all on his own. He had to go through this battle of being by himself and going through this whole thing of trying to prove himself character-wise. And then you start to see him really start finding his groove and rhythm. And then he got to the point that, okay, Wes is back to being himself. He's back to being this performer. He's just back. And you now know that it's time for him to start going after a championship. I kind of knew he was going to go after the North American title because, again, you had Wes in a feud with Trick Williams, who was the running man or the best friend of the NXT North American champion at the time, Carmelo Hayes. So it was set up for Wes to go after Carmelo for the North American championship. Somehow, again, we added Solo Sokoa into the situation. He wins the title for Carmelo. It gets uh, vacated because Solo is now on the main roster. So now we have this match. It was predestined for Wesley to win the North American championship. My only hope is that when Wes is now on his reign as North American champion, I hope none of the fans are going to boo him. Because, again, it was just so weird to see MSK getting booed for absolutely no reason. And it's going to be weird for Wesley to get booed for absolutely no reason. Wesley is a nice guy. He doesn't do anything, like, terrible or even bad on social media. He doesn't do anything bad or terrible in the ring. He's a solid in-ring worker. So, again, I hope Wes has a nice uh, run as North American champion. Right now, who do I see him probably feuding with? I would like to see him feud with uh, Nathan Fraser to see these two guys go back and forth the speed and the cruiserweight style being brought to this North American championship. And hopefully he gets to feud with Von Wagner because I see that Von Wagner hasn't been doing nothing on NXT. And he's one of the big guys that NXT, when they did this whole rebranding, they had some push behind him. And that push seems to just go downhill. So right now, uh, we just got to see what happens with Von Wagner. Carmelo Hayes, I see him probably either A, going to the main roster, or he's going after the NXT uh, championship now. So we got to wait and see with that. But Wesley is your new North American champion. Congrats to Wes. Before we would now get to uh, the match between Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller, and the match would be a casket match. It was selected by The Wheel a day before they show video. Well, they didn't show video. They tell us that... The wheel has picked it that this match will be a casket match. Before we get to it, we would go to a video of Toxic Attraction going to a haunted house because Alba Fire challenged Mandy to meet her there. So Mandy and Toxic Attraction will go there. You will see JC Jane being afraid to go through that 
haunted house. You will see Gigi be excited walking through the haunted house because she loves Halloween and she loves the spookiness. And Mandy is just there to try to look for Abba Fire to try to take her out so she won't be having to defend her women's championship. One by one, Abba would take out each member. Abba would kidnap JC at one point. She would abduct Gigi. And then when it's time for Mandy, you would see Abba and Mandy start fighting around the house. Mandy would get the upper hand. And as she was about to hit Abba with her own baseball bat, a man dressed as a scarecrow would take the baseball bat from Mandy, allowing Abba to get back into the fight. Abba would then get her bat, and now JC and Gigi would appear, but Abba would hit both of them with her bat. Alba would put Mandy back in her car that she drove into this place with, and Alba would get in the driver's seat and drive away with Mandy in the vehicle, and now you see Alba driving towards the arena, and they wouldn't make it back until later in the event. Now, after we see the video, we go to the casket match between Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller. Apollo would win the match when he hits Grayson with a one-handed spine buster and then shuts the casket door on the casket. There was a moment in the match where Grayson and Apollo were on like the top turnbuckle, punching each other, and Apollo would fall off the turnbuckle and crash through the casket. And Grayson thought that he won, and you would he even hear like commentary from Booker T saying that okay, Grayson Waller should win because the casket matches. You put your opponent in the casket, shut the lid, and all that type of stuff. And Apollo's technically inside the casket. He got like smashed through the casket. Uh, Grayson Waller should be the winner. But that doesn't happen. The lights will go out. And once the lights pop back on, Apollo will be standing on the entrance ramp. And you will see Druids come behind him, bringing a casket to the ring. So they would fight some more and lead to Apollo winning the match. I have a question with this matchup right here. Um, Why was this a casket match? The story of Apollo and Grayson Waller was all about somebody getting at somebody else because of somebody taking liberties with that person's eye meaning Grayson Waller and Apollo had a match earlier like a couple months ago and Grayson Waller poked Apollo's eye and Apollo was getting back at Grayson Waller for poking him in the eye and that's what Grayson Waller was fearing all this time Apollo trying to get at him and get at him for the vision so now they have a casket match it just doesn't make sense everything else on this card made sense you had the ladder match, which made sense for all five guys. You need an extreme style matchup for Halloween Havoc to happen. That's why the ladder match happened, at least in my personal opinion. You had the weapons wild match between Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. You had Cora and Roxanne having a match a couple months ago. Cora beat Roxanne because she hit her with the kendo stick. So now they have this weapons match to make everything legal. You have an ambulance match between Julius Creed and Damon Kemp and... That match is all about Damon Kemp putting Roderick Strong in an ambulance, and that's the reason why Julius wants revenge on Damon. Mandy and Alba, they have it, their match in a regular one-on-one, and then you get the NXT Championship match of Ilya Dragunov, JD, and Braun, and the reason why this triple threat is because Ilya was a NXT UK champion. He never technically lost a championship. He had to relinquish it when he was injured. JD was the number one contender for the NXT Championship, and Braun's is the... NXT champion. So that match makes sense for that, but this casket match, just the stipulation, it doesn't make sense at all, at least for me. I think that a blindfold match should have worked, but blindfold matches are hard to like 
pull off so i understand why they didn't do it they should have found like some bags that the performers apollo and grayson could have kind of see through so they could at least have a bearable doable match and it would made sense yes the fans would have probably booted but it at least would have made sense storyline wise but beggars can't be choosers this was a still a good solid casket match apollo did get the win so hopefully apollo's off to something bigger in NXT, and Grayson Waller's off to something else, too. What that is, I have no idea for both gentlemen, but Apollo did win, and hopefully this feud between these two are done. Next is the Weapon Wilds match. Roxanne Perez going against Cora Jade. Roxanne would win the match by pinfall at the final moments of the match. Cora would grab Roxanne by her hair and tell her that she was never her friend, looking to hit a DDT onto a stack of chairs as was in the ring, but Roxanne would backdrop Cora onto the chairs, Roxanne would look at Cora and tell her that she was always her friend and then finish her off with Pop Rocks, which is a sunset powerbomb onto the chairs for the win. This match was good. You saw Cora and Roxanne hit each other with a lot of weapons in this matchup. You had candlesticks being used. You had trash cans. You had uh, steel chairs. You had even a skateboard because Roxanne pulled out a skateboard out of the trash can that she drug out to the ring at the beginning of the match. The skateboard was symbolic because the skateboard was the exact weapon that Cora Jade used to crush her and Roxanne's whole entire friendship when Cora turned her back on Roxanne. So for Roxanne to use that skateboard at the beginning of the match, it was real symbolic. Um, A highlight for this match for me was whenever both Roxanne and Cora were on the NXT perch and they were battling it out. Uh, Cora would scoop slam Roxanne onto the floor of the perch. You would see Cora move like the barricade off the perch. And now you try to see Cora J like throw Roxanne off the perch through the tables. That doesn't happen. You would see Roxanne beat up on Cora to the point that Cora is now edges away from falling off the perch. And you see Roxanne about to hit her one more time. But Cora is begging for Roxanne not to do it, trying to play the friendship card and you see Roxanne like pull her punch and then you see her really like questioning does she want to do it or not and then when she's about to do it you see Cora grab her and now both of them fall off the perch crashing through some tables so for me that was a big highlight because a lot of people don't fall off the perch the last time somebody like fell off the perch was Ron Gronkowski like Wrestlemania 2020 when it was an empty arena and everybody was chasing after him for the uh, 24-7 championship that was like the last time somebody like fell off the perch that I remember. But nevertheless, uh, that was a big highlight of this match for me. This was still a good match between Roxanne and Cora. Roxanne is now 1-1 against Cora. Cora has 1-1 against Roxanne. So now they got to have the big blow-off match to end this rivalry. I see that probably happening, what, around November or December. But for me, I'm glad Roxanne does win. So now it's now even 1-1 between both of the ladies. After this matchup, you would see Shotzi Blackheart coming out, and she would talk about what has happened so far at the event. Then you would see her co-host, Quincy Elliott, come out dressed as a banana. Quincy and Shotzi would be in the ring talking, and then Lash Legend would come out hating that she was not the host of the event. Quincy and Lash would go back and forth on the mic before Shotzi would headbutt Lash and then DDT her. This segment was just basically to allow the fans to catch some breathing room before the next match will happen, which would be an ambulance match. With Julius Creed going against Damon Kemp, and the stipulation for this match was, if Julius Creed wins, Brutus Creed gets a match with Damon Kemp, but if Damon Kemp wins, Brutus Creed is out of NXT. 
Well, Julius would win the match by putting Damien in the back of the ambulance and shutting the door. This was an absolute brawl between both men. There were moments in the match when Damon and Julius would be throwing objects at each other like chairs, uh, food, and other objects completely just at one another, hoping to nail each other. Uh, Damon would put Julius in the back of the ambulance, and Damon would shut the door on Julius's hand three times. Um, each time, Damon would try to like, like shut the door on Julius, but Julius uh, would put his hands right on the like entrance of it, so Damon would just shut the door right on Julius's hand to make sure that he would try to cripple Julius to make sure that he can actually just lose the match, but Julius would not do it. Julius would hit Damon in the back with a steel chair 11 times before powerbombing him onto a stretcher and then hitting him with a clothesline, then finally putting him in the back of the ambulance, shutting it, and having the ambulance drive away. Again, this was an absolute brawl and fight between both of these guys. You didn't get a lot of suplexes, a lot of slams. No, this was a legit just style brawl, punching, objects slamming against each other. I mean, this was a legit brawl with a lot of weapons into it. So if you're into guys just straight up just throwing hands and just throwing whatever they can at each other, this is the match for you. I mean, it doesn't match up to the level of Gunther versus Sheamus at uh, Clash of the Castle, but... For two guys that are relatively new to the world of professional wrestling, this was a great brawling style match before these two men. So I got to give it up for Julius and Damon for this. Um, we still did not get Roderick Strong. I don't know what's up with this. I don't know if Roddy's supposed to be coming back on NXT this upcoming Tuesday or when is he going to come back to the NXT roster to lead Diamond Mine or is that just like done with now? I don't know what's going on. I thought we would see Roderick Strong at the end of it when we got to see Brutus and Ivy Nile come into the ring to celebrate with Julius. I thought we were going to get the big surprise of Roddy coming down to clap it up for Julius or something, but that doesn't happen. So my thing is, what are we waiting for with Roderick Strong here? Is Roddy going to turn on the Creed brothers and align himself with Damon when Damon has to go against Brutus? I don't understand what we're waiting on with Roderick Strong here. If Roddy's going to go to the main roster... Cool, allow him to do that. But if he isn't, put him back on NXT. I just don't know what what's going on with the situation of Roderick Strong here. That's all I'm saying. After this, we get to our NXT Women's Championship matchup. Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire. Um, before this match even starts, you will see the ambulance drive away that Julius put Damon into. And as it leaves the arena, you will see the car that Alba Fire took from the haunted house that had Mandy Rose in it drive into the arena and literally alba fire would get out of the vehicle she would try to get mandy out mandy's already out so now alba's chasing mandy into the arena they start fighting down the entrance ramp into the ring and then that's whenever the referee rings the bell so this match gets underway for the nxt women's championship mandy would win the match by pinfall thanks to gg and jc interfering in the match when alba would hit mandy rose with a swanton bomb and go for the pin as the referee was about to hit the three, JC and Gigi would appear and pull the referee out of the ring, leading to JC getting on the ring apron and Alba super kicking her, knocking her onto the ref and Gigi, who's on the outside. Alba would then hit Mandy with the gory bomb, but the referee was still knocked out. Alba would get the ref, bring him into the ring. JC and Gigi would hit Alba with the high-low kick before throwing her into the ring, and Mandy would finish Alba off with a kiss from a rose, which is a running knee to the face, for the win. So, with this now happening, Mandy Rose is now a part of 
well, the NXT Women's Championship reigns that have run longer than a year. I think Shayna Baszler is part of that, and I know Asuka's part of that. So I think Mandy's like the third woman to be a part of this long year reigning NXT Women's uh, Championship club here. So I think that she's part of it. If not, I know it's Asuka and Mandy Rose now, because Mandy won the NXT Women's Championship at Halloween Havoc last year. So if it's not Shayna, I know it's Asuka and Mandy for sure. But again, Mandy has done something that I don't think people thought that she was supposed to do last year when she won the NXT Women's Championship. Again, Mandy's constantly putting in the work, putting in the hustle, putting in all these other things to, like, hold on to that NXT Women's Championship. And I don't know who's going to beat her. That's just the biggest mystery mark right now. People's wondering who's going to dethrone Mandy. I think they're trying to wait until they can do it to Nikita Lyons because, again, Nikita was one a couple months ago that they had a whole lot of, like, pressure, not pressure, but um, a whole lot of push behind Nikita to be that girl for the NXT Women's Division that you can see them, like, pushing her to be the one. But something happened and, well, Nikita got injured. That kind of derailed it, and now the key is back, and now she has a tag team title match with her and Zoe Starks going against Casey and Katana this upcoming NXT uh, Tuesday. So if Nikita loses that, I can see her being up next for the NXT Women's Championship. But if she wins it, I don't know who's supposed to be taking the championship off of Mandy. I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. But congratulations to Mandy for now holding on to the NXT Women's Championship for a whole year. Now leading us to the main event, triple threat match for the NXT Championship. Ilya Dragunov going against JD McDonough, going against the NXT Champion, Braun Breaker. Braun would win the match by pinfall by hitting Ilya with the spear when Ilya was trying to go for the torpedo headbutt. Braun would spear him, covering him for the win. This triple threat match will go down, at least in my opinion, as one of the best triple threat matches in WWE. People always say Brock, Seth, and John Cena at the Royal Rumble of 2015, and I like that match a lot. I think this match, when in time, will be held up as one of the greatest triple threat matches, or it'll be literally listed as one of the most underrated triple threat matches in WWE. Me, I'm going to put it as one of the greatest, because in this match, you literally had JD McDonough playing as the snake or as the puppet master in this matchup, trying to make Braun and Ilya basically attack one another. You had Ilya and Braun trying to take turns beating up JD during this matchup. And then at one point, you see both Braun and Ilya just basically just slugging it out with each other. And again, playing up to the puppet role, you saw JD literally in the back watching as these two men were slugging it out. And as both of them are on the ground, JD will look at the fans and start clapping it up, and you get to a moment of Braun and Ilya looking at JD, and they realize exactly what he's doing, and they just turn their attention right to JD and start gunning right after him. This match was everything it was supposed to be. You had both, well, not both, all three guys doing what they were supposed to do, JD being the ultimate bad guy here that both of your heroes wanted to beat up, and now you have both of the heroes just trying to see who's the toughest hero out of each to walk away with the NXT championship and JD played the ultimate spoiler to Ilya winning the NXT championship because Ilya had Braun Breaker dead to rights when he hit him with the torpedo headbutt and as soon as the referee's about to hit the three you saw JD slide into the ring and grab the referee's hand 
before he even hits the mat. And I mean, the referee was literally about to hit that mat. And JD swooped in, grabbed the ref's hands. And you can see JD just tell the ref, no, 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 and shake his head, no. And then he realized that he stopped Ilya from winning the NXT Championship. And he starts smiling. And I mean, hit the most devilish smile you could see. And then you see Ilya just look at JD with the most disgusted look on his face. And he just yells at JD for stopping him winning the NXT Championship. And he just runs after JD and starts trying to murder him. I mean, you could tell the character work and the story from JD and Ilya, the two past hatred that they have for each other, like literally submerging and ilking out of this. And Braun just literally being the third guy trying to do something here. It still fit. Braun is still a newer guy compared to both Ilya and JD and years of experience in the wrestling business. So Braun being the third man out, it made sense. But when Braun got himself injected into this match, it made a difference. Braun being the power guy in this matchup made a difference whenever he got himself injected into the match. It made a difference. But again, he still is not of years of experience to JD and Ilya's level. So I understood why Braun was not a big factor in the match compared to Ilya and JD. But when it was time for Braun to be put in, it made a whole big difference. Again, I really do, and I truly mean this, suggest that if you have not seen WWE's uh, NXT Halloween Havoc, the two matches I would highly recommend for you to see. Well, technically three. Well, no, screw it. Watch the whole thing. Literally watch the whole thing. But if you're only like really, really submerged on time and you can't really see everything at one time, Go and either watch the beginning of the match, well, beginning of the pay-per-view, which was the ladder match, or literally go to the main event, the triple threat match. I would really, really hope that you do, because you will not be disappointed in either of those matches. But when you do have time to watch the whole pay-per-view, watch it. This pay-per-view will not, and I truly mean this, it will not disappoint you. Everybody did their thing. Everybody knew the assignment and everybody carried out the assignment as they were supposed to everybody did well everybody did great so i hope everybody at nxt understands that you guys did good i hope that people on the main roster were looking at the people on the nxt roster to see okay we need to step our game up because again these guys are just new to wwe some of them some of them have been in wwe for a minute now and again Everybody here killed it. Everybody killed it. I mean, if you had to pick out one weak spot in this match, to be truly honest, you might go with the casket match because storyline-wise, it didn't make sense. But other than that, if you get past it, everybody killed it. The whole Halloween Havoc pay-per-view was a complete great pay-per-view. And personally for me, I went 6-0 because I picked every winner right. I picked everybody right. But that's besides the point. Now on to the future, because there was one thing that nagged at me as I was watching it, and I was going off air with Braun holding up the NAC championship in the air. I was wondering, okay, is Austin Theory going to come out here and cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase? Because he came out on Tuesday, held up the Money in the Bank briefcase at the end of NXT, and he was kind of alluding to cashing it in and I'm glad that he did not because again it does not make sense for Theory to hold the money in the bank briefcase and him decide to cash it in on NXT 
it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So I'm glad he didn't. People online were trying to figure out why did they even try to hype it up like he was going to. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you can question their theories. You can question their motives. If anything, it was trying to make you buy into the pay-per-view, buy into the idea that he might cash it in and make you watch the pay-per-view to see if he was going to cash it in. That's the reason why they did do it. And I'm glad that he did not. I'm glad that WWE just decided to, okay, we're just going to tease that he was going to do it, but he's actually not going to do it. I'm glad that they did that. If they happen to have him cash it in, on NXT this upcoming Tuesday, I'm going to be completely just like, oh my god, why? Again, the Money in the Bank briefcase should only be cashed in on the World Championships, not the NXT Championships. That is my personal feelings to it, and I don't care how, how you slice it or dice it, that is the only way and the only method that Money in the Bank briefcase should ever be cashed in is only on the World Champions. Also, before I get you guys out of here, two things to note. One, we would get a video package of apparently Dijak is being going back to NXT, formerly known as T Bar on WWE when he was part of Retribution, but everybody knows him as Donovan Dijak or Dominic Dijakovic. However, you want to know him, he is going back to NXT, and I'm glad for that because again, if people did not get to see his time in NXT, even though it was a relatively short one, his time from 2019 early 2020, he was a great great worker in the ring he had a solid look he was a tall guy with just linky but now he's got himself built up a little bit but he's an excellent worker in the ring he has not gotten a lot of time on the main roster with main screen television time so now if he goes to nxt and comes back i'll be happy for that especially with him now getting rid of that whole t-bar crap he's now going to go back to as dijack hopefully that's a plus and two we will now get to see the newest member of schism because uh during the halloween havoc you saw joe gacy and grizzle young veterans or the dyad backstage and they were talking to their uh mystery uh ally that was in the red hoodie all this time and they asked the ally are you ready to unmask yourself and you saw the person shake their head up and down joe gacy would say you get to do that on this upcoming Tuesday's NXT. So we get to see who is now a part of Schism as well as Joe Gacy's faction begins to grow bigger. So that's the two other things that came out of this Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. But again, Halloween Havoc, great show, great event. If you did not get to see it, please watch it. But if you are like really stressed out on time, either the main event or the beginning matchup of the pay-per-view, it won't disappoint you. Now, with that being said, I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you guys have a good Sunday. Don't be a dick and just please be a good human being as much as you can. If somebody happens to be a dick to you, then okay, be one back. But be courteous, be kind. And also, if you haven't listened to my Sunday episode, which is called Finally, which is out now, please do so. It'll be, uh, I hope, I think you guys will enjoy it. But if not, hey, I understand, I understand it. But with that being said, have a great week. Have a great Sunday. I love you guys. I really do mean that from the bottom of my heart. This has been my Two Cents Podcast. I am G2. I love you guys. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.